Aren't you thankful you've got a God in heaven, a Father in heaven that has blessed you and you can bless Him. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Appreciate uh, Brother Corey. I appreciate uh, your attendance this morning and, and your heart toward the Lord. Amen? Uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Uh, you know, there's 70-something million Americans uh, that are fathers. And of the 75 plus or whatever million that are fathers, there's a 29 million that are grandfathers. And so, uh, men, don't misunderstand your importance. You know, stand up and be who God called you to be. You may not have uh, uh, something in your bloodline in the physical sense, but we've all got something in our bloodline in the spiritual sense. Amen? People that we're responsible for. And we need to be uh, in that place in this opportune time to influence people. Uh, if you would, open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, you know, we started last week. I told you it would take us two or three weeks or, or at least that long to cover what's been on my heart. And you remember these last two songs that uh, Brother Corey uh, led us in worship in. We never talk about what I'm preaching on or what he's wor- going to lead us in worship in, but they fit perfectly together with our scriptures this morning. Uh, we're on a journey. The Lord wants to take us on a journey where you and I can come back and we can live in this present day age of all kinds of terrible, uh, turmoil, terrible trouble, all of these things to, that where you and I can learn how to have resurrection rest and we can have spiritual serenity in Jesus. Amen? And remember we said last week, let me lay this foundation again just in case we forgot or, or we uh, didn't hear it because you know how that is. Um, the key for you and I to have this resurrection rest and, and, and being having this, having this spiritual serenity is we've got to know who we are. And, and you know, and we, what we said last week, you know, you ask somebody that question, and you've been asked that question, well, who are you? And we have a tendency to say all of these outside, external, changeable things. Well, I'm so-and-so's spouse, or I'm so-and-so's son or daughter, or I'm so-and-so's mom or dad, or all of these things, or I work here, or I work there, or I drive this, or I live here, you know, where I like this, or I hate that. All of those things are not who you are. They're not who I am. Those things are external, and those things are changeable. Every, but So, who we are is children of the Most High God, the God that never changes. And so, our identity in Jesus is how we have to operate and live our lives to be able to be a witness and a testimony to be able to do what God would have us to do before the coming of the Lord. Amen? All right. So, let's let the Word of God elevate us. Let's don't, let's don't be in the place and the position where we say, well, that's what the Word says, but. Let's let the Word have the final say. Amen? All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's start in verse 16. We're working our way down to... Um, Verse 24, but we're concentrating on verse 23. But if you're there, say amen. First Thessalonians 5 and 16. Now, in the original writings, there is no period, okay? This is a full thought by the Apostle Paul uh, because you can't have one without the other. Amen? All right. Rejoice evermore at all times. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times. And everything... Give or express gratitude, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
Quench not, don't extinguish the, the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Verse 23, and if we'll do those things, and the very God of peace, aren't you glad? And the very God of peace sanctify, complete you in every part entirely, sanctify you wholly. He, that's what He wants to do. He wants to consecrate us, make us holy, holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, your complete being, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, faithful is He that calleth you, He also will do it. God Himself will do it if we'll allow Him to. Uh, Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for honoring the word. Thank you, Brother Donnie, for your prayer. Hallelujah. Once again, thank you for being here this morning. Glad to see you. Glad Sister Debbie's here. Hallelujah. So this morning, you and I were, were on this, this, this second part of this journey that the Spirit of God is, is dealing strongly with me about because uh, you may be at a higher level than I am, but I, God wants me to come up higher. He's not satisfied with where I'm at. And when He shows me something greater, then all of a sudden there is an anticipation, there's a, 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 a loosening of faith to be able to recognize that God's got something better. Amen? And so that makes me... Uh, come to the realization that that I'm not satisfied. Amen? Because the worst thing you and I can be is in a place of of apathy where we don't even know what's happening in our life. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I I want us to get to the place and the reality that God started to work in you. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 tells us that down about verse 6 or something, that God started to work in you and He's faithful to finish it. Amen? Amen? And so right here, all of these things that God's wanting to do in your life, the God of peace... Uh, if we will do our part, He will always do His part. Amen? Yes. So, uh, we've got to stand on the reality that we're going to meet a devil every day. We're going to, uh, as we walk in this uh, flesh body, we recognize that we are a spiritual being created by God. He breathed into us a soul, a, a mind, will, and emotions that tied together with our spirit housed in this body, that you and I could walk in this earth and bring heaven to earth. Now, see, and I'll just hit on this just quickly, and if you need clarification, uh, come to me. I'm always available uh, after church or any time to talk with you, but we've got to realize the reason why you're in this flesh body is that when uh, um, Adam, when he bowed the knee to Satan and Satan got control of this earth, uh, all of a sudden, all power and authority that God had gave Adam, Adam gave it over to the devil. And so everything that happens in this earth, the people blame God for it. It's not God's fault. It's the devil because uh, he has that authority to do what he's doing now. But so when Jesus came and was born of a woman, uh, uh, of Eve, the mother of all living, and he met the devil and was in all points tempted, yet without sin like you and I, he took back what Adam had gave to the devil. And so now when you and I learn that we get, when we get born again, 
that we start turning our life right side up again. We start walking by the spirit and not by the soul or the mind. Everything changes. Everything changes. There's possibilities. But in, in, in the possibilities, there's also going to be problems. So the more problems you have doesn't mean that you backslid. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It just means that the devil sees that he hasn't defeated you yet. He hasn't robbed you of your faith yet. He hasn't caused you to waver away from the Lord yet. So those are good things. Amen. That just means that you are on the right path. So don't let those feelings rob you of God's best. Amen. All right. So quickly, let me recap just a minute. Uh, uh, Brother... uh, Brian, put John seventeen seventeen on there. We talked about it last week. The Bible said that God wants to sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. He wants to sanctify us, make us holy, holy. Uh, H-O-L-Y, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And so how does that happen? Jesus, out of his mouth, this is the last prayer that he prayed for the church before he uh, went to the cross, went to the tomb, and then resurrected and ascended on high. What did he say? Uh, It only happens one way. Sanctify them. Say, he's talking to me this morning. Sanctify them through thy truth. And the word of God is the only truth because the word of God is not an opinion. The truth is not an opinion. The Word of God in truth is a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And so we we can throw all these ideals out and we just hold on to the revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord of Lords, King of Kings in our life. Amen? All right. Um, So what does the Word do for us? Turn over to Philippians chapter 4 just for a second. We're just going to do just a minute of recap to make sure that we got it in our heart. In Philippians chapter 4... Tells us in verse number 12, this word that Jesus said that would sanctify us. Hebrews uh, 4 and 12. For the word of God, for Jesus, is quick. So if there's any area in your life that you're not seeing something that's quick, meaning what? Meaning alive. From the Greek, that's what it means. If there's anything in your life that's working death, it's not the word of God. It's not Jesus. So all of a sudden, I need to say, okay, wait a minute. God said he was going to sanctify me by the word, the word which was the truth. And so this is a lie. So I need to what? I need to understand that I'm probably receiving this through my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. I'm probably receiving this through the feelings in my body rather than the spirit. So I stop in the name of Jesus. I say, Lord, help me turn right side up. Let me start listening and hearing by my spirit rather than these other things that's going to bring discouragement, that's going to create hopelessness, that's going to create despair, that will take me away from your best. Notice what it says. For the word of God is quick, alive, and powerful. The word of God is operative. The word of God will operate in your life. It will cut the dead things out. It will cut the... All the things of hurt out of your life, out of my life. For the word of God is quick and powerful, operative, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder to the dividing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is the only thing that can show you what is spirit, what is soul, what is body. The word of God will uh, take the dark work of the devil the things that he's working in darkness, the things that he's working in deceit, and all of a sudden it'll show you, wait a minute, the devil couldn't do this to me if I was in the spirit because I know that's in my body. I know that's in my mind. I know that's in my emotions. 
I know that's in my will in the natural man. So I see it for what it is, and I say, thank you, Jesus. Divide that. But be powerful. Bring a life, word of life in this situation. Be operative. Cut that thing out of my life by this word, right? Okay, I'm not way out there. John 15, Jesus said that you are pruned. John 15, 3, you are pruned, purged. Dead limbs are cut off. By the Word of God. So the Word of God will make you uh, in a place where you have an operation to separate you from all the hindrance of the devil. Amen? Amen. Alright. So let's get this in our heart this morning. This week, everyone under the sound of my voice, uh, I'm not speaking prophetically, I'm just speaking because you and I are in a fallen world. We're in a body. Every one of you had battles in your mind. You had battles in your body. They were things that happened. And so we need to look at the Word of God and see how it can help us. Go to Luke chapter 10. And let's, let's let the Word of God just build us up and encourage us. Amen? In Luke chapter 10, you know this story, but don't let the familiarity of the story cause you to miss what the Spirit of God would say to you this morning. John ten thirty eight. Now it come to pass as they went that He, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Okay, so in the natural, uh, in, in, in the physical, if you would, Jesus is going to where a need is. And here are the need is. And Martha, she received Jesus into her physical house. Yes, in the natural. But this is about getting Jesus in her spiritual house. Right. Say, I've got a spiritual house. And, and so... Uh, what I want to tell you is the devil will bring problems in your life because he hates you, because he hates God. But when the problem comes, you and I, we can pray without ceasing. We can express gratitude. We can rejoice evermore. Because when the devil works a problem, God uses that to show us what was in our life that we didn't even know was there. Isn't that exciting? So, see, I can re evaluate what I'm dealing with. See, I went through some things last week. You went through some things last week. When I get the emphasis off the negative part and I get it onto the positive part, I can see that what the devil's working for harm, God is using that to operate, to prune and to purge me, to make me more like Him. Amen? That's the kind of God... So I can have this resurrection rest. Now, verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. See, it doesn't matter how much Word we hear, if we just hear it in the natural, but if we hear the Word of God that is quick and sharp, that's alive and operative, if we uh, hear that and we hear it to the point that it causes us to change our action, that's when you know that you've heard the Word of God. If you just hear something and it just goes over the very uh, bud of your mind and it has no impact on you, in reality, in reality, we haven't heard it. Because the Word of God will cause you, uh, empower you, embolden you, make uh, the things that once were chains, it will make you have freedom in that area. Amen? All right. Now notice, uh, verse 40. But Martha was cumbered. Now think about it. She here comes Jesus to the, to to the town, and Martha doesn't recognize and realize that she's got a problem. Everything is great. 
until Jesus comes. See, that's what it is. So many times uh, you start coming to church and even you, you, you get born again and then all of a sudden you think that everything is going to be perfect. Well, it's not going to be perfect until we hear the trumpet, until we stand on, step on the other side. But when Jesus is ministering in your life, He's going to start showing you things in your life that can be better, that can be different, that can be changed. And the devil will say, Oh, you're such a hypocrite. While Jesus is saying, no, you're not a hypocrite. I'm helping you to walk in the light as I'm in the light, and I'm cleansing you from all unrighteousness. First John, right? Come on. That's what Jesus is doing for us. So this is an exciting thing. It's not a negative thing. So I can learn how to express gratitude. I can learn how to rest in Jesus when trouble comes because I know that I'm going to be made more like Jesus. Amen? All right. But Martha was cumbered. The word means to be dragged all around. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being on a roller coaster, aren't you? I want to live a life with Jesus. And the flesh can do what it wants to uh, in the sense as long as it's not sinning. But it's not going to affect who I am in my spirit. Amen? Come on, we've we got to make that dedication and, and that assurance, that decree. But Martha was cumbered about uh, much serving. And she came to him. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doest thou not care? See, here's what we do. We, we want Jesus to come into our house and, and we want Him to, to help our part of our life that we want to deal with. Right. And so she thinks that Jesus, uh, in His power and authority, in His influence over Mary, that He, sh- uh, he should influence her to do what Martha wants to do. Yeah. But what Martha don't know, that she's got a problem uh, about... Uh, Priorities. She needs her life turned right side up. Right now, it's upside down. Isn't that something? See, so when Jesus comes to our life, the thing that you think is your problem this morning, the thing that I think is my problem, it's not. Why do we put all of our focus, all of our attention on what we think is our problem rather than letting the word that is quick and sharp come into our life and show us the truth? We're on the edge of the Holy Ghost doing such an amazing work on our lives. I'm telling you, He's getting ready to make us free in ways that we've never thought possible. We're going to start thinking on a higher level. We're going to start understanding truth like we never understood it before. We're going to start having the gifts of the Spirit flow in our lives to be able to touch people and to take them from the place of bondage into a place of freedom because it's the time. This is the season. This is the opportunity for you and I to influence the world for the glory of God. It's the truth. Oh, it's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been battered. I've been hammered. I know you've been battered and you've been hammered. But the one who is holding us by the hand did not let us fall. Amen. Because he's got a a very will and a plan that is going to be fulfilled in our life. Lord, doest thou not care? Of course he does. My sister has left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Verse 41. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now, every time you know this, but every time you see Jesus call somebody by their name twice, he's getting their attention in the natural realm, but he's getting their attention in a legal way in their heart, in their spirit. So when he's talking to us, he's going to get our flesh attention first. He's going to get our soul's attention, but he's going to get in there where he can reach down to who we really are. Because remember John four twenty four, God is a spirit and we must worship him in 
spirit and truth. So part of our worship is our daily lifestyle, is our communication with God. So it has to be in truth. And the only way it can is we've got to hear past what this body's saying. We've got to hear past this soul. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled. You're anxious. You're anxious and you're troubled about many things. Now, this, this word, um, you're careful, you're anxious. You know, we're not to be anxious about any one thing. Philippians 4, 6. We're not to be careful about any one thing. But we're to take everything to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So that's what we're supposed to do. But here, Martha, she, she's troubled. She's anxious. But not only is she anxious, but she's troubled. Now, this word troubled is from a Greek word that means turbid in English. And turbid means to take what is clear, what you can see through, and to obscure it. So, uh, here, here Martha is. She's brought Jesus into her house. And at this point in her life, everything's clear. She understands everything. But then all of a sudden, when the problem arises because uh, somebody's not doing what she thinks they ought to do, when Mary is, is in, her, in her own place, then all of a sudden, because uh, of her being moved by what the flesh was feeling, what her soul is feeling, her life gets shook up. Now see, you are a vessel of the Lord just like this water. And in your life, everything is clear until the trouble comes. But when the trouble comes... There's things in your life that you didn't even know was there. And all of a sudden, the things that you could see through are revealed to you, not to hurt you or to hinder you, but to show you that they were in your life all the time and affecting what you saw, how you felt, and then how you acted. God's a good God. He's a good God. He wants to show us. I, I, I made the statement myself when I... Uh, in the past when I was controlled by my temper, I'd say, that just come up out of me and come all over me. Thank God He shows us what's inside of us. His Word is quick and sharp. It's living. It's operative. It's powerful. It will cut out of your life what you need out of your life this morning. Amen? So all of these things that you've dealt with last week, just rejoice and say, thank you, Lord. These are going to make a change in my life. Notice what Jesus said about Mary in verse 42. Another sermon for another time. But one thing is needful. Jesus tells Martha that there's one thing that is necessary in your life. And that's what? What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, you can imagine, she's. we don't know this, but we can assume... Uh, by the way that uh, um, Lazarus and, and Martha and Mary's always introduced, we can assume that uh, Martha was the elder sister of Mary. So you can put yourself in that place. I'm supposed to do what elder sister says, elder brother says. But see, she Mary didn't let what she was supposed to do in the body, in the mind, steal from her. So Jesus is using her for an example to Martha to say, hey, the one thing that is necessary, Mary has chosen. Come on now. The one thing. The one thing. So Jesus said, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So in other words, these things that 
can I just talk to you? These things that I worry about and I get all tore up about, they take God's peace from me. And then the things that I think about them that are so important, the devil takes them away from me anyway. But when I sit down and I hear the Word of God, it can never be taken away from me. Isn't that something? We're talking about the peace that passeth all understanding. We're talking about the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We're talking about having resurrection rest in this troublesome world. We're talking about living in these times where Jesus said that just before He comes back, when, when things start to be revealed, that people's hearts are going to fail them for everything that's coming on the earth. You and I, we need to know how to rest in Jesus before the coming of the Lord to be a witness, amen, to be a testimony to Him and for Him. Go to John chapter 14. I want you to hear these verses in a different way this morning. I know how you generally hear them preached, but I want you to hear it in a different way by the Spirit of God because God has ordained this message. I didn't, I didn't put this message together. I was there just doing my morning devotions a couple weeks ago, just worshiping the Lord, studying Psalms like I do, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just laid this out in my heart. So uh, this is very timely and it's very important that we hear it. John 14 and 1. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. How many people have had a troubled heart? Come on. Jesus said, let not. Now, 15 times the same Greek word is translated forbid. So, in other words, Jesus is saying, you and I have the ability to tell our body and our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, I forbid you to be troubled. The, the word troubled here means to be agitated like, open up your washer. We don't have an agitator now in washers. Thank God I still got mine from 1992. But anyway, uh, that's, a, that's what he's talking about. You know what? You can look in and see them clothes are just being twisted by the agitator. That's what Jesus is saying. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be agitated, twisted all around and all of these things. Amen? How do you do it? How do you do it? You believe in God, believe also in me. So... God's plan was to have fellowship in the cool of the day, uh, particularly, but at all times, with Adam and Eve in the garden. So, now, because of Jesus, I believe that was God's original plan. Because of Jesus, I can step into that original plan. See, Jesus, He went to the garden of, uh, of Gethsemane. He went to the oil press and He sweated great drops of blood that He could put me back into the garden of Eden, the garden of paradise with my Father. So I need to forbid when, in other words, your, your flesh is always either going to be hurting, it's going to be hungry, it's going to be cold, it's going to be hot, all of these things. Your mind, will, and emotions, your, your soul is always going to be questioning things and going through those things. Uh, but you can forbid it from dominating you who you really are. A spirit of the living God breathed out by God with a destiny. Amen? So we've just got to learn how to control that by the Word of God. So believe God. Just simply believe that Jesus is the manifestation, is the, is the direct image of God the Father that He wants you and I to receive, to live by, to walk in. Is that not exciting? And it's for us this morning. Amen? It's for us every day. All right. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now... Everybody wants to talk about the mansion, and thank God, 
uh, what we're going to have in heaven. We don't even understand. But this word mansion is Monet. It's, it's an abiding place. Thank God for that. what I, my mind might go to that I'm going to have in heaven. But I need to see right now that I need this abiding place. I need this mansion right now to live in harmony with God the Father by the Spirit because of what Jesus has done. And, and so I can have, if you want to call it a mansion, I can have my mansion right now. I can live in it right now. I can have that abiding place. So I believe what uh, God is saying through His Son Jesus by the Spirit. I believe that there is an abiding place. That I, I, can, I can rest in that. That I've been named into the family of God and that all is going to be well. Amen? Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, we're on this side of that. So when he's, see, we, we try to hear it preached that Jesus is preparing something. No, 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 no. That we're on the other side of the cross. Jesus has done prepared it for you and I. It's a relationship. It, it, it's finished. It is finished. Amen. And so we can, we can walk in that. Now, uh, yes, he's coming again for us and I'm, I'm looking forward to that and all that things. But right now, I've got, you've got something to do. We've got to keep a generation from going to hell. We've got to bring somebody the truth. And we can't bring them the truth if we're letting the world dominate us. Because Jesus has delivered us from the world. Greater is he that is in you and I, the believer, than he, that spirit that is in the world. Amen? That's the truth. All right. So, let's, let's, let's look at something here that I think will help us. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now... As Paul's writing to the church here, he's trying to get them on, on a plane of productivity, a, pl- a plane of, uh, uh, of freedom. And, and so, look, look, let's start at verse number 1 in chapter 2 and let's see something. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency or uh, all of this fancy speech or of, the, uh, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save or except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You and I, we don't need all of these fancy words. We don't need all of this modern day vernacular. We need to know that Jesus was crucified for us. And death couldn't hold Him. Amen? We need to know that. That's all we need to know. And so, uh, right now we know that what's being fulfilled, what Daniel spoke of, that people were going to run to and fro for knowledge. Did you know that the worst knowledge is the knowledge of the tree of good and evil? But people are seeking it like never before. We need to seek Jesus Christ crucified. That's the answer to everything in your life, everything into my life. Amen? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, uh, man will let you down. I'll let you down. People in your life will let you down. But God will never let you down. So when things happen, when situations arise, don't... Focus on the person. Don't focus on what has happened or what has not happened, what they've done or not done. Focus on the power of God. The power of God was crucifixion did not hold Jesus down. 
Jesus is alive and well. Amen? All right. Now, why are we talking about this? Because we've got to get a message to people that we believe in the crucifixion. We believe in the resurrection. We believe in the, in the ascension on high. Yes, we believe in the coming of the Lord. All of those things. But right now, until the sounding of the trumpet, that last trumpet, we've got to be in the place and the position that uh, we live by this reality that Jesus is alive and well. Now, hold your place right here. We'll come right back. But just for a second, turn to the 15th chapter. We don't have time to document all of this. Most people look at this 15th chapter as something that is just future tense. And yes, it is future tense. But you and I can live out of the, the, the type of it this morning. Amen? So look at, for sake of time, look at verse 44. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-four, Talking about your, uh, uh, your, your pinch yourself, what you can pinch and feel, okay? Uh, and it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So, yes, uh, at the sounding of the trumpet, at the coming of the Lord, you, uh, those who are alive and remain, you're going to put off this flesh body. Uh, uh, all, and you're going to get this glorified body. I'm going to get this glorified body. But what I want you to see is that Jesus said that when you sow a, a grain in the ground, it doesn't come up looking like... It was sown, right? It comes up. It comes up as a plant to produce more and more. And, and so, you and I, when we got born again, when we got sowed into Jesus, now you have a spiritual body. You are a spiritual being. And so, we've got to separate what's this flesh, what it's feeling, what it's talking to us about, and start walking in the spirit. Now, stay with me. As it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. You know, Genesis two. Uh, the last Adam, talking about Jesus Christ, was made a quickening, a life-giving spirit. So if you're in Jesus, if you've come out of Adam, the fallen man, the old nature, and you come into Jesus, then Jesus has quickened your spirit. You've been, remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you are a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have a brand new spirit. And so now your spirit's alive. So you've got to learn... Nobody taught me this. I, I spent all, so many years of my Christian life, I come and I got saved. They didn't teach me how to be, become familiar with my spirit and the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I thought that I was supposed to come to the altar and say, Oh God, I'm sorry I've done this again. I, I'm sorry I fell into this. You, you realize you and I, we're set free from sin. Nobody wants to preach about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But Romans chapter 6 tells you and I, sin, which is Satan, because sin is everything of Satan, shall not have dominion over you. The Word of God can't lie. So I need to have my mind renewed, my mind, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, Romans 12, 2, where I can walk in that freedom and that liberty. Amen? So i got to stop feeding and listening to what I'm feeling in my body, to what I'm feeling in my soul, and start going by what God says. In my, there's a quickening spirit in me. The Holy Ghost is in you. The one who moved upon him in the face of the deep and said, the words of Jesus, because God spoke it, Jesus, let there be. All right. Where was I? Verse 46, Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual. Come on, you, you were first born in the flesh. But 
that which is natural. And, and take that word natural and translate it soulish, okay? If, if you look up the Greek word soulish, in other words, of the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions. And afterward, that which is spiritual. In other words, afterward, you come into the spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So, you and I, we are the many-membered body of Jesus. He's the head. He's come from heaven to earth. Now, He's seated on the right hand of the Father. We're seated on the right hand of the Father with Him. But we're here on earth. This is how God the Father's will is done. Because we're His body in the earth. The second man is the Lord from heaven. I need to live in this earth age like Jesus. Verse 48, as the, as is the earthy, such are also they that are earthy, and is the heavenly, such are they that also are the heavenly. Okay. So, I need to know who I am. Because if I know who I am, then I can live that way. Now, quickly go back to chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just got a couple of thoughts here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We read verse 14 last week, but I want to read 14, 15, and 16 this week. Because we're going to have to go over this to get it in our heart the way the Spirit of God is wanting to minister it. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man, the soulish, the soulish man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So if I'm over here and all of these thoughts are coming into my mind that are not the Word of God, because my soul, my mind, will, and emotions hasn't been renewed to the Word of God, then if I start praying to God and I'm praying out of my soul or I'm, uh, my body's dominating me and I'm praying out of my body, what did the Bible just tell us? But the natural man, the soulish man, received not the things of the Spirit of God. So then people get up from the altar and they go home and they say, it's not real. God didn't do anything for me. Other people hear that. People who don't have the Word in their life, then they accept that as a testimony. And they say, oh, okay, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's been done away with. So we need to start and go to another church. Healing's been done away with, so I need to water this down. I need to go to another church. I can't have victory over sin. They preach sin too hard there, and and they think I do have victory, so I'm going to have to go to another church who says I can live any way I want to. Oh, come on now. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ is wanting to do a work in our lives like we've never dreamed possible. But we've got to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church right now. This is the moment. This is the word of the day. This is what God is wanting to manifest His truth in our lives. Amen? But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, they're silliness, they're dull unto him. Neither can... He know them because they are spiritually discerned. You, God is a spirit. So you've got to be in the spirit to understand what he's saying. Amen. Now notice this. Here's where you're at this morning. Verse 15. But he that is spiritual. So he's talking about me. Come on. You've been born again. So you are a spirit being in right standing with God. Covered in the blood of Jesus. White as snow. Amen. So I am born again. I am spiritual. And I'm, going, I'm doing what the Word says. God is sanctifying me, spirit, soul, and body. 
Hallelujah. He's making me whole. He's putting me back together. I don't want to be fragmented anymore. Don't you know what happens? Every time I sinned, I listened to the devil and he would take me on a sin trip. And as he took me on a sin trip, he fragmented me further away from my spirit and my body started dominating me. I started being controlled by the lust of the flesh. What I thought was going to make me happy. What I thought was going to satisfy me. And then he started working in my mind and caused me to be divided from people because I thought they were the problem. That they didn't think like I did. They didn't act like I did. They didn't talk like I did. And so I didn't want anything to do with them. And I become more fragmented from my spirit, from the truth. And as that fragmentation started working in my life, then the devil started bringing people in my life that would cause the sin to cause me to be even more fragmented. I want to say something, but we're on the internet, so I'm not going to say it. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Okay. Anybody know where I was at? What verse? Okay, thank you, Brother Donnie. Uh, but the he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet himself is judged of no man. See, we've got to rightly divide the word of truth about judge not, judge not. Judge. Follow the whole word. John 7, 24, Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. Don't judge by the appearance. Amen? Okay. Verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? We're talking about in the soul and in the body. Who's known it? Nobody has. That he may instruct him. But we have. Oh, when the trumpet sounds. When I get to heaven. But we have the mind of Christ. I've got to listen to my spirit. My spirit 24-7 is in communication with God the Father because of Jesus through the Spirit. Now, this is important. You need to tell people that the Holy Ghost never stops talking. The Holy Spirit was moving upon the face of the deep. Type, shadow of what's happening today. The Spirit of God is always talking. So if you'll just... Don't get mad at me. If you'll just shut up for long enough. Still your mind and listen. You're going to hear Him talk. And when you hear what He says, say what He says. Bring the will of the Father create it, decree it, manifest it in the earth. God didn't look at the darkness and say, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, no, I need to come against the dark. No, let there be light. Stop working on the problem and speak out Jesus Christ, the solution. Amen? This is resurrection rest. This is spiritual serenity. All right, we have right now. Say, I've got the mind of Christ. You... You've got it. You've got to see it. You've got to believe it. You've got to hold on to it. I've got to hold on to it. Quickly. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And we'll try to hit this next week a little bit. We won't have time. But you meditate on Hebrews 3 this coming week to get ready. Verse number 7. Hebrews 3 and 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith. I'm waiting for him to say something, ain't you? See, I was studying Psalms, just, you know, like we're supposed to do, you know, as we go through the Bible. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God said, where's that at? That's quoted in the New Testament. And all of a sudden, oh, Paul, Paul, he's, quote, he's quoting what the psalmist said right here. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit saith today, if you will hear his voice. Oh, someday, 
So he's talking about Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt across the desert to the promised land. If they could hear his voice, they chose not to. But if if they could have heard his voice, how much more can you and I under the new covenant, the covenant of grace, born of the Spirit of God, how much more can we hear his voice? Verse 8, harden not your hearts as in the provocation is the day of rebellion in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years wherefore I was grieved I was vexed with that generation remember quench not the first Thessalonians chapter 5 quench not the spirit don't put out don't don't put out the fire don't vex the spirit of God let let him talk to you amen all right for sake of time uh, Right down to verse 18. When we'll hit this more in the coming week or two. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? God said that. But to them that believed not. So, in other words, if we kept reading, we would see that when you mix faith with God's word, it produces what God said it would produce. So, in the Bible, it goes on in here in this, to tell us that there remaineth a rest for God's people. And that rest is today. Yes, it's going to be eternal. But guess what? You're not going to have a devil in the eternity. You're not going to have the need of money in the eternity. You're not going to have pain in your body in the eternity. You need the rest this morning. Amen? So there remaineth a rest. How do I get it? I, I've got to believe Him. And Brother Ryan, I don't want to cause you trouble, but could you put verse 19 up in the Amplified Verse 19, and the King James says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. But I want you to see what the Amplified says. So we see that they were not able to enter into His rest because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Now look at the brackets. Unbelief had shut them out. That's the same thing. They could not enter in because of unbelief. This makes it where we can understand it a little better. Unbelief shut them out. So I've got to stop listening to what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, what the devil's saying to me, because that will shut me out of the rest of the Lord. I'm going to give you just a little tidbit. And if you can't hear it, just let it go on by you. If you can, then meditate on it and think about it. In closing, go with me to Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 1. Now, you realize why we're having all of these... All of a sudden, our government is recognizing UFOs. And not just UFOs, but... uh, What's the other word? UAP? Is it UAP? What's the other word? unidentified. I can't think of what the other... But anyway, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? You need to think about it. Ezekiel tells us about God's throne. God is the one who created unidentified flying objects, okay? When the devil fell, he took what was his and the evil angels with him. But, but I, we're talking about this morning about how to walk in the Spirit how to have resurrection rest and spiritual serenity. Look what God says about the four living creatures. 
Verse number 5. Just, for, just, just to give you something to meditate on. And also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four leaven creatures. The New Testament, some people call them cherubim. And out of the midst, therefore, came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Why are we talking about it? Verse number 12. And they went every one straight forward. Notice this. Mark this down in your mind's eye, right on the table of your heart. These four living beings, they traveled how? Wherever the Spirit was to go. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fail. Walk in the Spirit and you will always succeed. Walk in the Spirit. So, yes, you're born again. These cannot be born again. These can't be redeemed because they didn't need to be. But what I want you to see is this is the type and a shadow that uh, 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 for you to see and understand, for me to see and understand, we can go where the Spirit would have us to go. Drop down to verse 19 in closing. And when the living creatures, when they went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Verse 20. Wheresoever the Spirit was to go. You say, well, that, that, that's, Greg, you're talking about four living creatures. You're not talking about man. Hmm. Really? Enoch was 365 years of age, and he walked before God, and he walked so closely to God that one day he was, and the next day God took him. What happened? He got translated. He walked in the Spirit so much. Elijah, what happened to him? This same being, this vehicle, come and got him. Well, that's the Old Testament, Greg. I don't, I don't even read it. I don't even want to hear it. I feel sorry for you. What happened to Philip in the book of Acts? He got translated. So he could preach the gospel to a group of people who had not heard it. I tell you what, there's people that's wanting me to come preach to them overseas. I can't get to them because, first of all, it would take a move of God to get me to do it. Secondly, it would take a lot of money and time that I don't have. But God can get us where we need to be when we need to be there. Let's walk in the Spirit. Let's believe God for bigger and greater things. Let's let the rest of the Lord come into our life. Let's let the spiritual serenity overtake our life because we don't listen to the limitations of the flesh or the devil of the world, but we listen to the possibilities of thus saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. In closing, I want you to think about this man. There's a man named Eric Wyhammer and uh, he done an amazing thing on the Actually, it was Granny Shirley's birthday, Larry. It's her 53rd birthday. He climbed Mount Everest. And you say, well, what's the big deal in that? Because there have been several people that have climbed Mount Everest. Yeah, there's been 165 since 1953 who have lost their life. There's been 90% of the people who tried who never climbed it. So what's the big deal about him climbing it? Well, you see, when he was 13 years of age, 
because he had a degenerative eye disease, he went blind. So he done what 90% of the people couldn't do, and he done it blind. How did he do it? He done it because he listened. See, you and I, we have the ability. Jesus said we would hear his voice, and another we wouldn't follow. Amen? He listened. He had a person ahead of him that had a bell on their back. What did Jesus take on his back for us where we'd be able to hear him, where we could be born again? He took the cross. But Jesus is that shepherd. See, how do they lead sheep? They've got a bell sheep. The bell sheep's got the bell, and all the rest of them follow the bell. So he followed the person in front of him, and, and that person would, would say, we've got a death fall two feet to your right, a death fall two feet to your left. If you and I listen to Jesus, he can lead us through the valley of the shadow Amen. of death. Yeah. Amen? He had that very ice spike where he could spike himself and he could feel how solid the ground was under him. We've got the ability by the Spirit of God to see where we're walking to see if we're on solid ground or not. Amen? We've got to see that God is leading us somewhere. He just didn't save us to keep us out of hell. He saved us to be Jesus in the earth. Come on, 1 John chapter 2. As Jesus is, so are are we in the earth. Amen? I've got to believe that. I've got to walk in that. You can hear the voice of the Lord. You can have rest like you've never had before. And you can be an administrator of rest. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time with this wonderful group of people in person and online as well. I ask you, Father, that by the power of your Spirit that you do right now in our lives what only you can do. Let this Word, let it be heard. Let this Word, let it not only build faith, but let it lose faith. Lord, right now, let us hear what we need to hear to be able to come up out of any things that would make us anxious, any things that would agitate us, anything that would be troublesome to us. Help us to be able to not concentrate on the problem, but let us concentrate not on the darkness, but on the light, on Jesus. Let us hear what you're saying to us this morning and let us go to that next level. I ask you, Father, do what only you can do right now in Jesus' mighty name. Would you come this morning? Would you make yourself an altar? If you don't feel comfortable coming in the front, make you an altar at your chair. But let's let the Spirit of God talk to us this morning. Let's let some things be changed. Let's don't have another week like we had last week. Let's don't have another month like we had last month. Let's don't... They're planning another year. You know that, don't you? Like we had last year. We need to stand up in Jesus and be prepared for the work of the enemy. Know what's happening and move forward in the plan and the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These altars are open. If I can help you in any way, I'm here for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you.